As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode, the first episode of a new show on the Athletic Hockey Show. We're recording this on Thursday evening, but it's being posted very early on Friday morning. Are we the Thursday night show or are we the Friday show? I think you're already revealing too much about our production schedule here. I don't <laughs> I don't I don't appreciate that. That's a bad start. How about the Friday show? There the we Friday go. show. Danielle. Thanks, yes. Danielle. Producer so Danielle. So this is a new show. My name's Haley Salvian with Sean Gentilly. Our producer is uh, Danielle Lehman. As you just heard, the Friday show. That's it's it. very special. It's it very out. new. Thank you for joining us, everybody. You're like, you're kind of using a radio voice here. No, There's I'm been... not. Yeah, it's a little bit different. This is like, you know, fan 590 fill-in morning show host, <laughs> Haley Salvian. I will whereas, never do that again. Whereas I'm, I'm a <laughs> former... I'm For- Sean. I'm coming to you live from my bedroom. <laughs> this is where past- I don't p- put the drawers away when I'm talking to Don Granado. Donnie Meatballs. It's blurred out. You're just Again. so relatable and fun and cool. That's right. Past, present, and future <laughs> Craig Custon sidekick, Sean Gentilly. That's my yeah. that's what it says. <laughs> that's what it says on my resume. I've gotten jobs that way. Yeah. Hi, I know Craig Custons. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, he was he was on ESPN. Really nice dude from from Michigan. Oh, I was him. doing some prep work when I was in Denmark, 
uh, for the Women's World Championships. <laughs> and I was trying to find something out about the 2017, I believe it was 20, no, it was probably 2019, not 2017. Something about the new USA hockey contracts because they were negotiating a new right. one and they still are at this point. And I was on some, I was on something about ESPN.ca and reading something. And all of a sudden I hear Craig Custon start talking in my hotel room in Denmark. And, and, and it was like a pop-up video from when Craig worked at ESPN, ESPN talking about it on ESPN. And I was like, this is really weird. It just it's freaked like me out. I'm alone in this little like best Western in, in Denmark. And herning Craig Denmark. Cust- Craig That's Custon's like my worst. Pops up somewhere. I've had nightmares about that. As someone who's been professionally joined at the hip, basically, with Craig, outside of, like, a couple years at ESPN, like, from the start, right? Like, I'm, I'm 36. I was, I've been, I worked with Craig since, since I was for 10 out of 14 professional years. It's like, that is, that is nightmare stuff. Imagining his voice, like, pop, pop up in a hotel room out of nowhere. How is he watching everything? Get away get away from me. <laughs> Craig, no. Outside yeah. of like outside of like my parents and possibly my sister, I think I've spent more time on the phone with Craig than anybody on anybody on the planet. So that's like yeah, that's like a that's a major, you know, did he did he tap the wall situation? We love Anyways, that. This is you know what that's actually what the format of this show should be. We can just sit here for and 45 minutes or so every week and talk about Craig. His likes, his Isn't dislikes. Isn't that what you do on Tuesdays? You just talk about Craig and Craig talks no, about we talk about No, we talk about me on Tuesdays. <laughs> Anyways, thanks everyone for listening. This is a new show with the, with the Athletic Hockey Show that we have. It's going to be out every Friday. The aim is to have them posted on Friday mornings because there is the Prospect Series that comes out on Friday's uh, when Corey Promen and Max Boltman are doing it, uh, Corey Promen uh, makes his own schedule. So he does what he wants. They have a show whenever. They had a show one day on a Monday. It's like that's fine. Corey Promen has the keys to whatever he wants to do. But He's we are going to be every Friday. You can you can bank that. Corey's lucky that Max is his partner. He's the most like agreeable dude on the planet. <laughs> so it's like whenever Corey wants to talk about you know whatever the seventy fifth best prospect in the 2027 draft just yeah ring up ring up maxi let's roll yeah it's totally he needs, fine he, he needs max that is great we should have him on at some point because the red wings are always going to be interesting so yeah. we'll we'll have max boltman on i'm sure you'll have him on on tuesdays as well so it'll be yeah. a new fight but thanks board. everyone for joining us again this is our new show Haley salvia and sean gentilly on fridays Training camps are open. Wait a second. That was like a, that was also like a classic Mendez reset. He's rubbed off on you. You're doing like radio pro shit. This is amazing. No, I'm not. Uh huh. No, I'm not. Haley Salvian. You're just used to listening to me be Ian's little sidekick who just like chimes in every once in a while. It's more that I'm used to having like a stream of consciousness, like formless podcast with Craig. No, you're used to just cutting <laughs> Craig off and talking about nonsense. <laughs> yeah. What can I say? And cutting yeah. off, you know. Tra- who- training camps Training camps are open, everybody. You got some interesting injuries around the league. Let's go. Why are you making fun of me? I'm not. Yeah, are you, you are. That's not what I was saying. I was saying training camps are open. <laughs> 
and there's a lot of injuries, and we should talk about them because there's I, there, it's there true. are there are a lot of injuries. But I was first going to just say, what is this time of year like for you, Sean? Obviously, you're a national writer now, so you're not necessarily in terms of the day to day. You're not going down to Penguins practice to try to tweet out who's on the fourth line from Group Two. But what's it like for you? Because you've got all the the previews going on. You had the player tiers. You did the 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 emo list and didn't include i've actually got a bone to pick with you i'm not gonna like whatever you say here you didn't include any avril lavigne yeah or any simple plan this is you are doing this to bother (laughs) me there was no mariana's trench i don't even know what that is this is that's canadian radio there was no canadian pop punk early to mid 2000s yeah Pete, you know, when I look at my emo phase this is, when I was I, in not, sixth grade. Stop, stop it. <laughs> stop it. I don't – my culture is not your costume. I don't I don't appreciate oh, this. Your co- Let's just, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's talk about injuries. No. no I'm I, asking you what this kind of – what is going on? Know, How, what's going on for you? I had time off, which was nice. That, like, kind of was in the cards for me the last few years because – um. Even when I was Maybe covering you just the penguins, yelled at me. <laughs> I don't. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> pe- pe- people are pe- people need to understand the dynamic here. Uh, when I was when I was writing about the Penguins more specifically, I was also doing like all Pittsburgh sports. So I, so I had to deal with the Steelers and I had to deal with uh, the Pirates, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So like, summers didn't really exist. The idea of being like, all right, I'm not going to do that much in August was, was sort of foreign because that's like football season right you're talking about training camp and and whatever else so i didn't do much for for a few weeks ahead of ahead of like really the the second week in september um but man it's 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 season preview season season scn which is the very annoying title of dom's little spreadsheet document that he that he uh set up the you know divide up all these all these different sections we're writing for all 32 teams that's like the big project for this month for me is um you know we have uh the projected standings from dom's model and then we kind of use those as a framework and just sort of work work within that right and talk about individual players and cores and sort of make our way through it but so i'm in hell with that right now we're we have two running yeah we have two running every day Including on the weekends, which I was unaware of until three days ago. <laughs> um, and we're just sort of plowing through them. So I'm like, I, th- today we ran, I believe, the Ducks and the Sharks. They're 26 and 25, maybe. And we're just kind of going through that two a day until until uh, the first week. First week in October. So it's busy. I don't have to go to, like you said, Penguins Camp and talk about, you know, how... Uh, how Nathan Lagare looks or whatever else, which is fine. But I'm also locked into writing stuff about the Winnipeg Jets support players and whatever else. So it's busy, you know, this is this is crunch time because hockey's back officially, like in a in a in a real way. We have like normal training mm-hmm. camps. Isn't that funny? It it is. It's it's I've almost felt like a rookie the entire time I've covered this league because of Mm -hmm. COVID and stuff. Like my first year in Ottawa was normal for the first three quarters and then it got canceled. And then I had two COVID seasons 
And now I feel like I'm going back to my first ever training camp again. Well, yeah, and you're not. It was just so weird. <laughs> and you're also not in Calgary. So like any no. sort of like built up comfort you had or, or uh, you know, routine that you had around again. covering the flames, like that's out that's out the door. It's a whole new group of players to yeah. deal with and a whole new routine. And that's, I mean, this is all, you know, this is a, sort of inside baseball stuff, but it is, it's like, it's a, it's a pain in the ass to like figure out you know, the best route to the practice rink and like what time you need to leave and the workflows mm-hmm. during during camp days versus game days. I mean, it is it's a it's it's time to start figuring that out. And for us, I think for people with jobs like ours, that's sort of like the signal that we're back. Yeah. We're back to Takes work a- is when is when you start figuring out those kind of like yeah. rhythms of the day and in, in, in the in the workflow stuff so that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at even though i'm sitting here complaining about having to write <laughs> about the sharks or or whatever else it's a good we're i'm busy and i'm happy about it because you know it, it, busy in a way that we haven't been i think for the last for the last few years right or last few seasons at least this is also a weird time of year because you don't want to police how people enjoy training camp in the preseason yeah. But there's also just so much wild stuff that goes on. It's like you need to figure out when when to give fans what they want and when to pump the brakes on something. Like Yeah. And I don't want to <laughs> like the one thing I saw today was, you know, Harmon, one of our Canucks writers talking about how great Elias Patterson looked at training camp and you know, that was one of the big takeaways. He looked really 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 good. And I look at stuff like that, and I know that he had a really difficult start to the season. I mean, he wasn't even there to start a camp last year. So that's obviously right. a really nice change because if the Canucks can get second half season, Elias Patterson, like under Bruce Boudreau, Elias Patterson, they're going to have a much better start and they'll probably have a better season. But it's stuff like that that I read. I'm like, okay, shouldn't he be having a good start to camp? It's yeah. one I mean, of your it's... best players. Like, How good are we talking here? Do we need to pump the brakes? Are we like it, it's just so easy to read too far into stuff at this this I, point in time. It's on yeah, I think it's it's tough cuz I I think you kind of I think you nailed it as like ah, oh, you want people to be excited cuz cuz if if people don't care about this stuff, we don't have we, we don't, don't have, have jo- jobs. We don't we don't have this. jobs. So yeah. but in and, and it's cool. I think you see it in other it that is like a cross sport thing, right? It doesn't matter mm-hmm. whether you're talking about football or hoops or baseball or whatever. We're in like best shape of his life season, right? That's always right. The, that's always line you hear. There's always guys who come to camp and it's like such and They're such. They're feeling like, good. Never felt ready, better. Blah, blah, made blah. some. I made some changes to my to my uh, to my training schedule in the off season. I'm feeling really good about it. I tweak my diets and uh, tweak my diet and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just the sort of. That's where we are in the life cycle, I think, of the season, right? Is we're is we're talking right. to guys about their off season, and nobody ever comes in. <laughs> this is this is why it's funny. It's like nobody ever comes in to training camp or practice or the start of the season and is like, "Man, I feel like shit. Mm-hmm. I, feel te- I feel terrible." Right? I God slacked off. Anyone actually says anything funny or honest? Yeah, like man, I slack. I I slacked off. I slacked off during the summer, like. Me and my me and my girlfriend had had twelve we had had you know twelve twelve days in in Aruba. I ate whatever I wanted. I've been back mm-hmm. for six days. I'm not ready yet. No yeah. one ever, no one ever, no one ever says that stuff. Everyone's always bright eyed and bushy tailed. And I thought I was going to retire until somebody yeah. offered me a million dollars, and I said, "Okay, all right, yeah." <laughs> Phil might have said that actually. 
I think there's a chance. I would love that. I'm a, we love Phil Kessel. But yeah, that's always interesting. I feel like conversely, or I guess similarly, like the, I come in after summer, it's relaxing. You know, you're able to go to the gym and make dinner more regularly, do nice things, <laughs> uh, yeah. have work-life balance. <laughs> I feel like I'm thriving right now. And then the season starts and I sit down to do the podcast and realize I haven't had any water today. Yeah, that's it. You know, oh, I had a bowl of Cheerios at 3 p.m. when I got back from the (laughs) rink, you know. Oh, no, this is where it all starts to go downhill for me. Alex Kerfoot. As a human being. Alex Kerfoot isn't going to talk to himself. Like someone is the Mm -hmm. someone is asking questions. That's right. Um, But yeah, it is funny. It is funny because it's like there's I mean, we're seeing this, right? Like camps are opening everywhere and we're having those like kind of obligatory discussions with guys where it's like, tell us about your off season and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. What did you do? How do you feel? But mixed in with all that stuff, mixed in with all the, I've never felt better. I'm in the best shape of my life. Mixed up in there is actual usable, relevant information coming out of some of these teams, right? And we, mm-hmm. we, we saw that today. Yeah, there's been some some big takeaways. Again, it's still early, but there have been some pretty big takeaways at the start of camp. I I don't know if I saw anything more interesting and consequential out there, um, more so than the Philadelphia Flyers and what we yeah. kind of saw parsing through Charlie O'Connor, our Flyers writer, and, and his social media accounts today. So Ryan Ellis who joined the team, I guess, a year, two years ago now. It was before, it was before last season. Right. So I, so I guess it was just one year. So he played yeah, like six games, looked great. I don't have that right in front of me. I think he had a couple games with the Flyers. Everyone can see like, yeah, this guy's really good. And then he's out for the entire season. And there was this really weird gray area for the whole year where people didn't really know what was going on with Ryan Ellis. Like, is he going to play? What's the status? What's the injury? Is he ever going to talk? He wasn't even at the rink for a while. Mm-hmm. And now we hear today that his injury is going to keep him out for the season. And I don't know if this was irresponsible um, messaging or if this is actually the reality of his situation. So I want to be careful with that. But I did see some headlines that it could be potentially career ending. So that's a massive blow for Ryan Ellis, the person, the hockey player, and the Flyers, because this is a that was a really important piece of of any chance they had to be competitive. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, right. Like you don't you don't want it's never good to see guys' careers potentially end. It, it, which is that's Seems like that's what we're dealing with. This is the second day in a row where there's been like kind of, well, they can't that's, explain that's fully their, what's yeah, going that's on. Probably, with and, and they haven't been able, they haven't been able to do that for months. And there was some like allusion to it on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and now we're on Thursday. And Chuck Fletcher called it. He had called it multifaceted, a multifaceted yeah. core injury. And now there's. A hip component. This is this is this is Fletcher talking. There's hip component. Yeah. There's an adductor component. Yeah, and he doesn't so, know if he's going to have surgery. But here's the other thing. Have you ever have you ever seen that word before? Psoas. 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 Is that how is I it, is? Am I pronounce? It's a muscle. Is like, it like? A, is it a silent? It's in pee? your. It's in like your. I think it's a. Oh God, I don't know. I thought it was a psoas muscle. Okay. Am I pronouncing that poorly? Uh, probably. That's like pronounced like psoriasis basically there's a silent p at the front yeah of it. that's in i the, have never it's like the kind of it's at the mm. it's at the top of your ass 
It's like, it, I'm, but it's I'm in pretty your lower, sure that has something to do with back pain. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so it's like a sciatica. Like, so he's got yeah. stuff in his back. He's got stuff in, in his, his hips. Stuff in his hip. I thought it was a core problem at one point, too. I mean, that kind of, man. That kind of is like there's abdominal stuff going on. It's and terrible. we learned, and we learned today that he's, you know, that he's. Out in all indefinitely, li- in all li- yeah, no timetable. Yeah, in all likelihood, going to miss. Yeah. Most, if, if he plays, it'll be a bonus. And this is a day or two after we find out that Sean Couturier has re-injured his back, which, you know, you always love seeing serious back injuries from 29-year-old players who are about to start eight-year mega contract extensions. You feel terrible for, for Couturier, but he he heard it lifting weights, right? So right. all these reasons... That we thought the Flyers were maybe going to be, well, I I shouldn't say we. All these reasons that the Flyers thought that maybe they were going to play relevant hockey and that they were going to, you know, right the ship. The two biggest, if you came up with like a list of reasons that, you know, reasons for, for, uh, for Chuck Fletcher to be, you know, whatever, way, way, way overly optimistic to the point of delusion... Number one and number two, we're like, yeah, we're getting uh, Sean Couturier back, and mm-hmm. we're getting, and maybe, maybe we're getting Ryan Ellis back. You get a one C back, and you get, and you're getting a you top pair, a top pair right shot defenseman, right? Yeah, like, that you got was a the coach reason. in John Tortorella. Like, there's, you know, we oh, we always thought, and Charlie O'Connor put this so well that the Flyers believed they were in a different spot than maybe the masses did. Like the Flyers. Mm-hmm own opinion of themselves. I think there's a divide between that and what, you know, observers and, you know, hockey writers and such think about the Flyers. Um, I think now it's starting to align a little bit more because of all these circumstances. And I don't know at what point do you feel a little bit bad? I don't want to say I feel bad for Chuck Fletcher, but this is like, I don't, I mean, a massive amount of like unlucky stuff falling in his lap. It's unlucky. And I don't it, know that some of like some of it some of it you can say like this is your fault. You are the architect of this team, but some of it's not. How are you gonna know this was gonna happen to Ryan Ellis and Sean Couturier? It was his it's his fault <laughs> because he pinned the entire hopes of the organization on a guy coming back from a major back injury <laughs> and a yeah. guy coming back from a hip injury or a core injury or whatever whatever we're calling it, that they basically couldn't it was so complicated that they couldn't even describe it, and that's and and that's and that's Fletcher's mistake. Like Charlie, I think Charlie sure. has done a Charlie's done a great job. He's of like, very good at his he's, job. We'll absolutely. Give Charlie a and what he said, and I think he, there. I think he was like dead on, like nails accurate with this. Is if you know maybe a little bit less about the Flyers, you look at them and you're like, they don't know what they're doing. Like there's no there's no coherent plan there. Like what the hell, right? They're just throwing spaghetti at the wall and, and seeing what sticks. And Charlie, all off-season long, has been like, no, there's a plan. Like, you can disagree with it if you want. You can think it's mm-hmm. stupid. And I, like, I, me personally, in my chair right now, I'm like, of course I think it's dumb. I thought it was dumb right. from the start because that mm-hmm. team was bad last year. Mm-hmm. And they were bad for reasons that went beyond not having Sean Couturier and Ryan Ellis around. Yeah, or Tortorella sti- behind the bench. Yeah, and now and it's like that's but that's going to be the solution. Like 
if you're yeah. not a legitimate contender in the NHL, just tank, tank. And they're and in, this is even, a team. Like this is a fan base. I you know what? I don't oh. feel bad for Chuck Fletcher. I feel bad for I feel bad for Flyers fans. A, the fan base. Yeah. Because especially like when the Johnny Gaudreau is he going to stay? Is he going to go? Stuff is at its peak in Calgary. Think of all of the people who were just trying to like pump up Flyers fans to say like maybe he's going to go home, maybe he's going to go home. Johnny Gaudreau might leave. You know, it's not going to be easy to get the cap space, but maybe Chuck Fletcher. It's going to be easy. Just dump James Van Riemsdyk to, to thing, Phoenix, or Arizona. Do this, do that. Get Johnny Gaudreau. They failed to do that. Flyers fans are understandably upset, and now it's so it's. It's unfair because obviously they did not know that this was going to happen with Ryan Ellis. But can you imagine if you knew that that kind of a contract was going to be on LTIR? I mean, yeah, they didn't know. Did they? Like, I don't know. If they knew and they didn't put him on LTIR to do what they could to try to get Johnny Gaudreau back in Philadelphia, that's another massive, massive mistake by the Philadelphia Flyers. I don't think you can put anything past that group. Anyways, I I saw that Charlie said this again. We should have just had Charlie on the show. Yeah. (laughs) And I could have. Talk to him about emo music. He would have been a better sport about it than you were. I was just trying to list every kind of like somewhat moody sounding Canadian pop punk band. (laughs) Anyways. I thought we we moved on from that. We did move on from that. I'm just explaining myself because you yelled (sighs) at me 10 minutes into our debut show. (laughs) Anyways. I saw Charlie said something on a podcast and he was like, things have just become so absurd with the Flyers that you just have to laugh. Like, I don't 100%. know if there's a team. I know the Flames had a wild off season. You know, things got really bad. And then Brad Tree Living did all this stuff and they had the upswing. The Ottawa Senators had a big off season. Stuff happened around the league, but I don't know if there's a team out there that has had just more shit pile up. Mm-hmm. And stuff happened than than Philadelphia from the stuff that they didn't do, from the mistakes that they made, the things that they did. It's just oh man, and who, my God, who, no, like who really? Who could have seen this coming? Who could have imagined that again? The guy with the serious back injury was going to have another serious back injury, and the guy with the magic, you know, confusing serious core injury that kept him out for seventy six games or whatever it was wasn't going to be ready to roll. Like, of course, this is how it was going to turn out. Yeah. And everybody who knew, who paid any attention to this team could see it coming, except for the dude who makes the decisions on payroll and and and, and signing on who to sign and who to trade and who to bring back. The mm-hmm. anger and I'm like whatever. I'm in I'm in Pittsburgh, right? Like I'm not following a ton of Philly folks on Twitter. The anger that you see from F- Flyers fans towards Fletcher specifically is high even if you're grading on the curve and saying like it's Philly they're just kind of aggro and that's like and that's their thing like this dude is has I didn't I I will say I I for all this to happen (laughs) for Couturier and Ellis to both end up on the shelf again within 24 hours of each other at the very start of training camp I think that's like kind of the unpredictable part like he mm-hmm. thought maybe they would make it a little bit farther that there'd be one day or a week or a month where it's like, okay, let's see how this goes. Maybe you're right. not on board with the Fletcher plan, but you're saying like, I can see how this could happen. Like we'll, we'll at least, at least let it fail on its own merit. And mm-hmm. it's already there and they haven't had a real practice yet. 
It's yeah. an, it's it's amazing. In this team, by the way, I we, will. We, yeah, good. I will say too, and and sorry to to cut you no, off. No, no. I feel like there's still as bad as that stuff is, and as laughable as it is, and how, you know, I they're not the worst team in the league, and that makes it worse in a way. Because they they're not going to be bad enough that they can you know tank for Bedard they might be. They unless might be they go not. and do something. But they still have like Kevin Hayes. He went and made that D'Angelo movie of Provorov, Sandheim, Atkinson, Konechny, uh, Lawton, Carter Hart's a fine goalie. Like these aren't great names. Like you're not sitting at home being like yeah yeah Travis Konechny. But there's a little bit of a sprinkle of enough there that they're not like maybe something goes wrong and and they they tank out and things are bad but you also have a coach who's trying to change the culture and make people more accountable and make them competitive like this team is despite all of the crap that is happening right now and how bad they they are going to be and the opportunity to just blow it up and start from scratch i think they're going to be stuck in the mushy middle for God oh, knows totally. how long. Well, like I, like I would be more optimistic about the Philadelphia Flyers if they bottomed out and had a tank for Bedard. Like if you're, I bet you feel better as, I don't, I don't want to say Montreal, who's one of the other bottom oh, tier 100%. teams, like Arizona. Like you're probably, maybe not Arizona. We're running, whatever. We're, we're running, we're running season previews from 32 on down based on Dom's projections. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we ran Philly yesterday. Right. In you Philly, probably want whatever team that came before over Philly, the Philadelphia exercise. You, I mean, you nailed it because Philly is the worst team that is not trying to be bad. Yes. All the, all the ones below them are in tank mode, right? Like Philly uh, who's, who's is the projected. bottom two? Uh, Arizona and Montreal. Like you would way rather, if you had to pick which organization you want to have right now, 100%. like plop and pick one up. Like you want the Montreal Canadiens. You want, I'm trying to think where, um, you know, you'd rather be Columbus. You'd rather be whoever. Completely. Like it, it's just, they're they're bad and they're stuck in the middle and the middle is death. And I don't see a way out of this because they are capped out too. And they're terrible. Maybe they'll get some, they'll get some LTIR relief, but damn. Mm-hmm. Went Arizona, Montreal, Chicago, Buffalo, Philadelphia. In descent, in I'd rather have the Sabres. From 32. Hmm? I'd rather have a Sabres. 100%. I feel so bad 100%. for Flyers fans. I, I feel very bad. If you were listening to this, I'm you sorry. You should feel, in a way, though, like this is, it's not good news for Sean Couturier, and it's not good news for. Oh, of course. like, And it's not good news for Ryan Ellis, but this is like. From an I hope they're going to be standpoint? okay as humans who have to live their lives. Yeah, sure. You know? But like, if you strip all that away in a vacuum, when you're talking about the best on ice result, the best on ice, you know, sort of situation for the Flyers, like this is like this is it because mm-hmm. they're projected. By the way, the Couturier, Couturier's injury happened before we, um while we were writing the flyers uh preview so we could so dom work that into the model accounting for the fact that kateri is going to miss whatever 60 games i think is is the number we kind of settled on and that dropped them behind that dropped them at least one spot and possibly two so their projection in dom's model and whatever i'm not going to go through you know the reasons that you know i'm not going to this is not the time or the place to explain mm-hmm explain any of that the 
the projection has him at six at seventy six points. This is a team again that spent all off season trying to improve. Seventy six mm-hmm. points. They think they think they're going to be in the playoff race, and Oof. that is and that is it's a it's amazing. Woof. So, anyways, so I, moving we, on from yeah, the Philadelphia no, Flyers. That was that was like twenty good minutes about the about the Flyers. That's probably good. Uh, and you know what? You were making fun of me for doing the radio thing and trying to be a good host that I totally forgot because I was flustered to tell everyone who our first guest is. You'll see oh it in the God. title of the show. So, you know, it's fine. Like <laughs> if you're reading that the title, you'll see that it's Jack Campbell. Was- Why are you laughing? Stop laughing at sweetie, me. sweetie pie, Jack Campbell. He was great. We had some, <laughs> we had some fun with Campbell. We'll, we'll go to that interview shortly. Um, but obviously, yeah, Edmonton Oilers new starting goalie Jack Campbell joined us for our first first show. There may or may not have been a Happy Gilmore impression that I came to from get... two of the three people <laughs> on this show. And I will give you a hint: I wasn't one of them. Yeah, it was. It was. No, it was Sean Dan- and Jack just became no, 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 no. great incorrect, little friends. Incorrect, incorrect. <laughs> the other impression. The other impression was from Danielle. She chimed in and was. She did a little Nikki impression. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, everyone. Look, Jack, Jack Campbell's got the rep for for a reason. He's a he's a he's lovely, a nice guy. A love. A lovely and dude. I will say, before <laughs> we started recording, Sean was late, and uh, Jack Campbell got a new puppy. His name is Huey. He's very cute. Bernie's. I saw the dog. Sean didn't. He's a Bernie's. A Bernie's. Uh, he was a mix. golden retriever. There's golden retriever mix with the Bernie's, which was adorable. So that's what you have to look forward to. We have a a nice conversation with Jack Campbell that's going to be coming up. One of the other things I did want to talk to you about first, though, two other interesting bits. And we're going to stay a little bit on the U.S. side because I know on the (laughs) Monday show we talk a lot about Canada. On Thursdays, they talk a lot about Canada. This is the North American hockey show, but we're... <laughs> team Team North America? Are we, we going to get the jerseys from them? Anyway, I was just calling us a North American show. Anyway. anyway. I don't... Well, right. I, this is the point, right? Like, this is why we're... This is why we're working without wires. We don't really have an outline. We don't have an outline. You it's, ruined my segue. I don't care about your segue. Like I said, this is, not, this is not a radio show. Try your segue. Go ahead. Go for it. It wasn't even a segue. I was just saying we're going to stick with some of these American teams because there's been a lot of talk about Austin Matthews and Kyle Dubas, and that's fine. That's big stories. I mean, leave Austin Matthews alone. He's not even eligible for a contract extension for 10 months. Let's not do this right now, please. One player who is up next year who is eligible for a contract extension is Trevor Zegris. And today at training camp, uh, day one for the Anaheim Ducks, GM Pat Verbeek said they're not going to be talking contract with Zegris until the end of the season. There's a couple other like Troy Terry's in that mix too. Like they're just not going to do it. They're going to table it to the summer. And I don't that makes think sense. It makes sense. Like this isn't. He's Verbeek's still on his ELC. Like they're not going to be, you know, trip, tripping over themselves to get anything done. No, Verbeek's, a, Ver, but, Verbeek's, Verbeek's a hard ass too. He is. 
like he's like comes from the Steve Eiserman, you know, that that's not a Right. That's not, not that's gonna... not that's not a touchy feely. That's not a touchy feely dude. Like he's just like no. this is it. We're like, I mean, you, Sonny Malone is like, nope. He you, came you, in and he was just like, We don't have any more yep. like feelings about guys who've been a while, been here for a while or or whatever it may be. Like, you're out, you're done. Yeah. Look Bye. at what Verbeek did, man. He was the right he was the right guy for I've said this on the show before. He was the right guy for that job because you needed someone Sometimes you need that. You needed someone who's going to come in and be like uh, Ricard Raquel and Josh Manson and like all, all these guys. Like just we're we can be one of the we're one of the six worst teams in the league with you. Like we can we, we can do that without you. Like, yeah. see you later. So what I do find interesting, though, which is a which is my jumping point here. What do we think? Like. Mm-hmm. My, I just like short circuited. What do you think a deal for like a new deal for yeah. Trevor Zegers would look like? Yeah, I don't know. Like, what do you what do you, what do you think? How much would you pay Trevor Zegers right now? Well, if you my were, like, question if you is: were, like, is Trevor if, were, Ze- if Trevor Zegers comes out and has another great season, he builds off of last year. Is he getting Jack Hughes money? Probably. Or is he doing? Or is Trevor Zegers going to be the kind of guy that takes a bridge deal to have more control over the situation to maximize his earnings? Or is he just going to say, Jack and I are best buddies. You know, we had the stick thing last year. <laughs> like, give it's me his contract. Question. Yeah. Or does or does he say, like... I want to figure out what's going to happen here in Anaheim and maybe be a bit more like Matthew Chuck. Yeah. It's saying, like, I, I, grew up, I grew up a very big New York Rangers fan, maybe. I would like to head back to the East Coast, maybe. It's it's interesting. It's Not an to interesting freak out thought. Ducks fans, but we're just... This is where we're at right now. We have all these young... Yeah. Really talented players in the league who are there. Some of them are doing it. We saw Jack Hughes sign that contract, um, but we're we're seeing guys not just sit down and say, "Yep, got to sign long term." Like people aren't yeah. doing the McDavid thing. No, and they shouldn't because, like, you can't. I mean, if I you want it, to, it's understandable for guys for guys to do it. You know. I feel like I criticize guys for signing long term like that maybe a little bit too often because if someone said like, hey, here's an eight, here's an eight year deal. We're going to pay you eight million dollars mm-hmm. in, in your in your Jack Hughes. That's a tough. Why would thing you to, not take it? That's a tough thing to turn down. It's the same thing. It happened with Brady Kachuk. You know, I had a lot of conversations with with people and yeah. and I was so shocked that he signed long term because all I'd heard is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I think he wants a bridge. I think he wants to see the direction mm-hmm. of the team, et cetera, et cetera. And then when he signed the deal, you know, I talked to, to to some people again, and they're like, it's one thing to say I don't want to sign for eight years in November or September the year before, and it's another to turn that down when there's 50 to $70 million sitting on the table. And it's one so thing my to- thing with, ja- with, with Trevor Zegris yeah. is, do we see Zegris signing that long-term deal? They don't have a captain now. Do you wait this year out, you sign Trevor Zegris to a big ticket, and you give him the C, and you keep building? Or is he going to go like a three-year route, make sure that his QO is going to be really high in the final yeah. year, and he's going to see where things go? Because I don't know how the Ducks – that you mean the, you mean the uh, you're you're talking about the Matthew Kachuk method there, I believe. Yes. Right? Like you, you yes. guarantee that you have a huge qualifying offer that puts all the pressure on the team. Um, he does have the same agent as Hughes too. They both are with Pat Brisson. So yeah, 
I'll say this. I, I yeah, that's a that's a thing. That's a consideration because Pat's. Mm-hmm. A, I can imagine Pat being like, uh-huh, uh-huh. "You're just gonna give him the same. You're gonna that's the same." Well, that's my. That's why I asked. Like, is he mm-hmm. just gonna get the Jack Hughes deal and the captain he, he needs to have the Jack Hughes season to get the Jack Hughes deal. And for as great as he was last last year, and for as. But he had a better rookie uh, year than Jack he, Hughes did. Yeah, he, he did. But there's meat left on the bone with him in terms in terms of you want to see him take another you need step. To, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like that doesn't mean the last like he's overrated or anything like that. He was, he was phenomenal last <gasps> How year. How dare right? you? I'm, he's whatever. He's in the he's in the, he's in the sixties on points and whatever else. But like we need to see more on the something on the defensive side of the puck where his impact numbers are bad, and he needs mm-hmm. to have like some kind of Something other than points. Like, that's what made his season last year a success, was Mm -hmm. he was extremely successful from a point production standpoint. He was electric from, you know, uh, like, just whether it's the Michigan, just the overall vibes surrounding Mm -hmm. that dude are phenomenal in a way that we don't often see with with hockey players. To the point where it's... He brought a baby Yoda around for Star Wars Day. It, he's also a proof of like how low the standard is for being like an interesting hockey player he's because so that's fun. just like I, he, he's fun, he's fun, but but he you know whatever it would there shouldn't just be one of those guys right like he it would, we'd be in a much better space if we were talking about Jack Hughes being one of fifteen guys in the league personality wise they're like him or not so whatever um there is work to be done I think on his output this year to make him sure. you know. A truly good, uh, a, a good bet on the level that Jack was a good bet, is right. a good bet on that mm-hmm. on 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 that deal. There needs to be some better five on five impacts and whatever else. That dude is twenty years old. I'm sure he'll figure it out. Like he's supremely talented, obviously, and you know seems like he cares and all that. Like I, it would be a shock if these are the things that come to players like later in their a little bit into their careers, right? Like mm-hmm. dudes are not fully For formed. Sure. He's coming only 21. In. It's fine. Yeah. Like there's not that I many Patrice Bergerons, right? So whatever, right. like you can learn things as you go, but there's meat on the bone, I think in terms of him being truly worth that kind of commitment. Yeah. I think it's interesting because we saw that, um, you know, there wasn't an entry level slide cause he played mm-hmm. like 20 something games in that first year of his contract. So I, I had to double check. I had to check myself there for a second being like, this is the third year for him already? He didn't have two full seasons, but well, yeah, that his contract like the- didn't slide down because, and that's where one of those things where you look at it and you understand sometimes when people come from the player's perspective of like, are you going to potentially impact the amount of money you can make by not having that? Like he had a mm-hmm. fine first 20 games, but if last year, and last year was still technically his rookie season, um, but if he if that was his like true first year and he had two more years to build on it before <laughs> negotiating a contract, then you're then you're really talking. And he played and, eleven fewer games in his yeah. first year, yeah, like or whatever it is. They were trying. They were they were trying to keep him out of the lineup. Yeah. It just anyways you know, something it just to think on like that. And that again, they're not going to talk about it this year. But. I like talking about Trevor Zegras. I think he's a really exciting player. He's he's someone to watch, and I'm and I'm just curious maybe what the the trickle down effect might be from guys like Kachuk doing what they did. Last one before we move on to Jack Campbell. Jacob Chikrin was talking at camp. Again, these are lots of things that are lots of training camp takeaways we're going through here, 
and things that actually have some meat on the bone instead of just, you know, X player is in good shape after (laughs) summer. Chikrin still wants to get moved to a situation with a chance to win. He did not get traded this at the deadline. He did not get traded this summer. He's back with the Coyotes, but his trade request still stands. The request stands. (laughs) Do we... Do we have like an over under on when we think Chikrin actually ends up getting moved or is, is he f- just screwed because of the, the flat cap? Because like, w- how are you going to get traded to a team with a chance to win when all the teams that have a chance to win are are tight to the cap? I think Jacob or Chikrin, already figured out even, the blue line. Yeah. So Jacob Chikrin. This is a deadline what, thing, I'm sure. You would imagine. But like. I think the Coyotes need to maybe drop the asking price. <laughs> For his sake. He wasn't great last season. But, like, you know, you assume that maybe, you know, he bounces back and maybe recoups some of his value. I mean, there needs to – it needs to happen soon because he he clearly wants out. The the stuff he said today, those are the words of a dude who's had about enough, right? Because that seems terrible. Mm -hmm. They're the worst – their projection is the worst that – that's ever made made its way through Dom's model, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to. I don't mean to. Who cares about Dom, really, right? But <laughs> that means something. That team is not winning anytime soon. They're deliberately trying to lose games. For as valuable as Chickering is, and for as good as he was the season before last, we're at the point now where his value is going to start dropping mm-hmm. because a lot of it was predicated on the fact that you're playing. You know, we'll say a top 20 defenseman in the league, $4.6 million through 2025. So there's, right, including this one, including the season we're about to start, he's got, he's got three seasons left on his deal. And that's part of what made it feasible for them to ask for, you know, the deed to the house whenever they were trying to shop him last season. They need... There is a saying that comes to mind that we probably shouldn't use. They need to get moving. Like let's just let's just say it, it's time it's time to go. It, it's like mm-hmm. either fish fish or cut bait is probably the more. Oh, more, you're uh, gonna say the other one. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if that's too gross don't to say, say on the podcast. It. It's Whatever, gross. Uh, they need to fish or cut bait on Jacob Checker, and it seems like because it seems like my man is finished, and they're at the point now where we're talking about diminishing returns, right? Because at a certain point. Teams mm-hmm. are going to say, like, we're not going to give you that much because we're only going to have them for two full seasons now. Like, mm-hmm. balls, in, balls in your court. So if they want the bigger turn. The and he's thing, got a modified no-trade clause coming uh-huh, up next kicks season. 10-team no-trade list. They are not going to be good for the next three seasons unless, you know, maybe lightning strikes and they get Bedard. And, and, but there's still work to be done on that roster, even if they do get him. That's not a dude who sounds like he's going to be interested in resigning in Arizona mm-hmm. no matter what happens in 2025. He wants to win, and he wants to win now, and his value is only going to decrease from here on out because, like I said, a lot of a lot of it is like awesome, 4.6 for, for, for mm-hmm. three more seasons. So get him and moving. And he's still Let's not do this. Let's fully, do this early. Let's do this early. He's still not fully healthy. He's still rehabbing that wrist injury, and he was not on the ice at practice. Um, so that's another, another little wrinkle. I wonder, I wonder how much there is. I, th- that's an interesting, an interesting this, I'm question. I'm sorry. This is really funny. Like, I, I feel, I don't like, Coyote's PR tweeted out 
like Jacob Chikrin from Media Day and it's quote, we're still playing it week by week at this point and we're seeing how I continue to progress. Like I said, things are feeling really good. Like, can you imagine if you just saw that and that was it? You're like, oh, wow, this things are going everything's, great. Everything's, everything's great. fine. They just left out. But that's one of those the things. The part where that- he says, I don't. Yeah, I I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was that was so. conspicuously absent. But like, look, man, every team sends those reps to Vegas for for this big media thing, and they send Clayton Keller because Clayton Keller's locked up forever. Clayton Keller is the dude who read a statement in front of Tempe mm-hmm. uh, City Council for the He's for the guy. arena. He's their guy. He's the guy that if that if we're talking about this team being relevant in four years from now, he's going to be the guy who stuck around. And probably nobody else. Certainly not Jacob Chickren. Like you think Jake, because Jacob Chickren's like, I'm not going to go. I'm going I'm to go sit in front of a bunch of dorks in Las Vegas and answer questions about my contract status and talk about how I don't want to play here anymore. Am mm-hmm. I going to go stump for an arena that, I, that I'm that i crossing my fingers and hoping that I never have to play in? Like, no. Uh, he, did you he see wants, the quotes from the, seat from the president yesterday? The president of the United States of America? Yes. No, the president of the Coyotes. No. Our fan base understands that they'll be within 13 rows of NHL hockey. It will be a phenomenal experience. Tickets are expensive. I can kind of get that. Like, that's kind of fun. Like, that is cool if you've ever been to a game and sat that close to the glass. And it's it's awesome. But anyways, I think it's time to go to Jack Campbell. It'll be but fun. I think those are some, like, yeah. I think buried in when you kind of wade through the day-to-day stuff. There has been quite a bit that came out these first couple days of training camp when it when whether it's McKinnon re-signing Dubas not having an extension <clears throat> Ryan Ellis Jacob Chikrin I mean Ryan Ellis slash everything that's happening in Philadelphia Jacob Chikrin and I'm sure there's more that we that we didn't have a chance to get to here but it's certainly been when you really take a look around the league and parse through it there's been there's been a lot that's kind of come out over these last two days which is great for us you know what the biggest news in the North American Friday North, Friday North American North American Fridays. Friday show. Do you know? Do you, but do you know what the biggest news is? What? Jack Campbell's true feelings on Red Lobster, which he's about to share with us. That's coming up next. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So everyone, we're pleased to bring in the very first guest. For the Friday edition. This is uh, our big welcome. I'm not sure what the right word is. This is our big first get. Thank you so much, Jack Campbell, for joining us. Thanks for having me on the show today. I'm excited. <laughs> Thanks. So are we. This is great. I was, uh, before we started recording, 
I told Jack that I was, in fact, a, a Calgary Flames media member for a couple years. So this is a controversial of me going to Edmonton for, for the launch of the Friday show. But I think it's great. We're excited to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, it's cool you experienced, you know, the Flames. It was a good series last year that I, I watched. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, lot more really good games this year. Yeah, what, what, wait, wait, wait a second. Let's let's start there. <laughs> how much of that? How much of that series did you watch? Like, was it was it was it an every night thing for you? I did watch. Uh, yeah, I watched Game Seven with LA and and Edmonton. Then I started watching the Calgary Edmonton series. Pretty like pretty much every game. I was in Vancouver um, at the time, <clears throat> so I was you know games were on. Um, I don't know, relatively early, I guess, but. It was just fun to watch it. Fans were going nuts on both sides and both great teams. I was sitting in the Saddle Dome for game one, which was the like 15 goal game or whatever. And I feel like I just consistently felt like I was getting like run over by a tractor or something. I just didn't know what was going on. I'd never experienced a game like that. Are you like your first battle of Alberta? Like you don't have to wait very long. Jack, I think game two for the Oilers is against the Flames in Edmonton. Like, are you prepared for for this experience? Oh, I can't wait. You know, I definitely witnessed, um, you know, on TV and, and a bunch of my buddies have played for both sides and can't wait to experience it myself and uh, get in there. And, uh, you know, whether it's in Calgary or Edmonton, the fans are always going. You know, both teams are um, really good hockey teams and just can't wait to battle. Was there a point where you realized that that was maybe something you're interested in in being a part of? Because I mean, you grew up in Michigan. I grew up in Pennsylvania. Like we're we're around the same age. I didn't really care about the Battle of Alberta, and I don't know if that was like a function of like the the time period that we grew up in, because it was like kind of lean times for the Flames, lean times for the Oilers. Um, was it just as simple as talking to? Uh, some of your buddies who'd played on either side, like when did you realize that was something that maybe, you know, you, you wanted to be a part of? I think dating back to when I was in LA, um, when uh, Drew, Dowdy and uh, Kachuk obviously had their battles. And, uh, you know, I thought that was a pretty big, big rivalry until you start watching the Edmonton Calgary games. So, you know, watch it following those. And then last year in the playoffs, I think, sparked it on another level so you know this year should be a lot of fun have you i always feel badass obviously the goal as a goalie is to you know focus on stopping pucks but when you see a goalie fight in a battle of alberta game do you have a moment to yourself being like would i do this would i be okay if this happened like what would happen if if a opposing if Jacob Markstrom starts skating down a center ice? I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> I think somebody asked him that last year. He's like, I'm not a boxer, I'm a goalie, so I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those games are intense and you know, our job's to stop the puck and help our team win. So as long as we're winning the game, that's all I care about. <laughs> so I guess we will transition out of the Battle of Alberta for you, Jack. You know, joining this Oilers team, you said you watched them a lot in the playoffs. Um, you know, they make it to the Western Conference final. Is When you come and join this team, I mean, what's the kind of, you know, environment been like? You know, are you feel like you're joining a team that is just kind of hungry to take another step in the direction? Like, what's the kind of vibe been like in the locker room since you started? 
Yeah, I mean, instantly once I um, was able to get the deal done uh, with Edmonton, I started training and I was living in Toronto, um, started training over with Gary Roberts and, um, you know, there's like six of the guys from the Oilers over there. So right away I saw the drive and, you know, the, the passion, not being satisfied with the conference finals. They want to go all the way and bring the cup to Edmonton. And, you know, that's the biggest reason I signed um, with Edmonton is we have the group to do it. And we want to be the group that brings the cup back to Canada. Can you maybe take us back to, to the summer, Jack? And you said that's a, one of the reasons you signed with Edmonton, but what was that process like for you, um, you know, hitting the open market and, and going through that decision and decision-making process? Well, I, I just really enjoyed playing in Toronto with the Canadian market and the fan base and my teammates, everything like that. And, uh, you know, when I saw that Edmonton was interested, uh, that really lit a fire in my belly and just wanted to, to go back and get another opportunity to uh, to win a Stanley Cup in Canada. So then obviously when you look at the, the group specifically in Edmonton, it, just like a no-brainer um you know we're only getting better and uh you know just the passion talking to the guys and um you know how bad they want to win a Stanley Cup here is uh unbelievable so uh they're a great group and just can't wait to get it going was there was there a moment that you realized that you wanted to stick in Canada I mean that's hard that's kind of heartbreaking for me to hear as a as a as as an American American hockey fan but I mean I, I I get what you're saying was there was there a moment last year in the last couple of years in, in Toronto where you're like, all right, this is, this is a priority for me. This is where I want to be. This is kind of the, the route I want to take. Yeah. I mean, it, it was really a blast playing in, in Los Angeles and, and my little time in Dallas, um, you know, great fan bases, great teams, but um, you know, there's just something special about trying to be that team that, you know, when you have the talent and you just put it all together and win a Stanley Cup, um, you know, I want to be a part of that in Canada. I think it, it means so much to the city and the fan base um, at the in the States. It doesn't. But it's just uh, you're under the microscope here like like crazy. And I think it gets the best out of you to uh, to perform at your very best. You can't you can't live in Manhattan Beach, though. Now, that's the. That's the tough part. I, I it seemed like it seemed like you had a pretty good time there. I, I was there. I was there a few months back. What is uh, what was what was beach life like? Did you did did, you, did you have any particular spots like around there in, in in LA that you miss? Oh, I mean, I miss the guys for one in LA. They really um, helped me succeed at the NHL level and got me to where I am today. And um, you know, learning from Jonathan Quick, uh, be, becoming really tight with him off the ice and on the ice. Um, uh, you know, a lot of things like that I, I miss, you know. Um, obviously the food and the sunshine's really nice and uh yeah, definitely be checking it out in the off season sometime. There was a coffee shop in Manhattan Beach that I went to every single day. Java Man? It was called Verve. Oh, okay. Nice. There's a bunch. Is that the wrong one? Is that the wrong choice? <laughs> no, actually, um, sorry for cutting you off. I think no, uh, don't. Java Man was in Hermosa. So that's her okay. real Yeah. Yeah. There's some good options. That's good. I'm going to, I know I'll show up in Edmonton before I go to California <laughs> next time. <laughs> Ask for a list. You did mention the Kings though. What did um, Jonathan Quick mean to you in your career and how would you describe you know the ways in which he helped you oh man he uh 
like number one, he just he really just wanted the best for me. So whatever, uh, you know, whether I was just watching him and learning that way, or if he talked to me and took me out for lunches, dinners, it's like just always had my back. And that's what I appreciate most. And also just the way he carries himself. So that's what I'm, you know, as much as I learned from the advice he gave me, just watching him really um, kind of shaped who I am and, you know, the accountability he has for himself and, um, you know, the expectation of, you know, his standard of play, um, you know, that's something I learned and, um, you know, his teammates love him, play, play for him every night. And, um, he just taught me so much. It seems like you have a track record of getting along well with your partners, right? I mean, that's no, that's, that's no surprise. Is that something that you're bringing to your relationship with, with, with Stuart Skinner? Like, are there what kind of lessons that you picked up along the way? Cause he's a, I mean, he's about to start his first full season, right? He's a, he's a younger guy. So the shoe's on the other foot now, right? Like, are, are you going to, is, is that a focal point for you? Just kind of showing him the way on and off the ice? Yeah, I mean, Quickie really uh, showed me so much. And, you know, just thinking of what he's done for me, I'm just super pumped uh, to be there for Stu. And obviously, I'm, I haven't accomplished the things Quickie has, but, you know, the things he's taught me, I really want to apply with Stu. And he's such a good kid and uh, really talented goalie. So we're already hitting it off. And um, there's no doubt we're going to do some really special things. The Oilers have, have gone with a tandem over the last four seasons. I mean, and now they're kind of changing course, going with a number one that they brought in with you. What kind of confidence does that give you that the front office and the coaching staff made the decision and, and said, yeah, we've got the confidence in Jack Campbell. He's our guy. We're going to bring him in for the next five years to, to do this thing. Specifically when it's, you know, you're signed through a similar kind of window of contention with guys like Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Zach Hyman. Um, you're part of what they're building, a, a very important piece of it too. What does that mean for your confidence? I mean, really, it means everything. The You know, when we got the deal done, I just couldn't, um, you know, I'm just honored and uh, it's a privilege for, you know, Ken Holland to, uh, to believe in me that well you know, that much as well as the team and, uh, the rest of the coaching staff, um, you know, it's just, uh, just fires me up. I just wanted to, uh, work, work as hard as I can all summer to be ready to go. And now it's go time. And I just can't wait to, uh, you know, live up to everything and just have some fun and win a lot of hockey games. Coming into a season is like a no doubt number one. That's, you know, a, a little bit of a, I don't want to say it's a new thing for you because we all we all know you, you know you've, you've been a number one goalie in the past. But knowing that that's the expectation, right? That you're going to have an 82 game schedule ahead of you. Did that change your approach? Are there like focal points? You know, for you know maybe where you're. Is it did that? Did your training change? Did your outlook change? Because you're like, all right, now I'm the guy who from day one from from October, whatever, whatever it is, 50 games, 55 games. Have, have there has there been a shift? Good question. I mean, I think I've always taken the training part of it extremely seriously. Um, I think when you start playing more, you got to be smart and manage yourself a little bit. Not saying you don't work hard, but just uh, you don't work as hard, I should say. But just, um, you know, you got to be smart. And that's things I learned in Toronto with different sorts of uh, injuries, whatnot. So I feel super prepared from what I learned there and ready to uh, have a big year. 
you know, is is the injury stuff? Do you feel like that's past you? Like, is is that are there any lingering effects there? Like, is is it something that's in the back of your mind, or is that just you know clean clean slate and moving on? No, I mean, I think looking back, you can kind of learn from different things, and you know, working with different people to help you pre- prevent those things from happening. And I've done that, so now it's just a matter of uh, going out and playing and making sure you're prepared every day and. I feel I am. So I don't have any concerns or or anything about that. One of the things, you know, we hear so often when people talk about you is that you're the nicest guy in the room or the nicest guy that anyone's played with. I, I saw one story from Trevor Lewis. I think you guys went out for ice cream once and he really liked the flavor of ice cream and you just bought him this flavor all the time, stuff like that. <laughs> That's a good thing to, you know, be in headlines about, obviously, but have you adjusted to people kind of constantly um, asking you and writing stories about just how nice you are? Is that something that's been a bit of an adjustment? It's definitely interesting. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like anybody else. So, um, you know, I don't really see why I get the attention for it. it. You know, we're all, you know, good teammates and we're all battling for each other and we all do things off the ice that are nice for each other. So I don't know why I get the stories, but you know, I definitely am lucky to have the teammates I have. One, one story I saw that I really liked um, was that you went through a phase of really um, liking using a smoker. Mm -hmm. You would just, do you still do that? Like what, when we're talking, like you went through a smoked meat phase, like what are you firing up? What, how does, what does this look like? Yeah, I had like a Traeger. I bought it in LA and then I had it in Toronto. But my good my good buddy uh, uh, back in Toronto, he loved it, but he, he didn't have one. And I was moving, so I just gave it to him. But he loves wow. it. So he's been, I used to do, you know, I love salmon on it. I love uh, okay. trying to do a brisket, even though that one's tricky. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So like, the, you know, steaks on it are great, like a big tomahawk, but yeah, it's fun. Amazing. It's fun to get the guys over and fire something up. It's like an all-day activity. Did you pick? Did you pick <laughs> up any brisket tips from uh, from Texas? Like, did you make it out to those places in Austin where they where they have the the serious the serious stuff out in Lockhart or whatever? Well, that's why I can't do it because um, tasted, you, I have, you've tasted I the best. <laughs> yeah, like the Rudy's Barbecue in Austin at the gas station. Yep. That, that's the pinnacle of brisket, and I I've tried to replicate it, and I'm not even not even playing the same sport. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like the random gas station place where you're like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever had in my life." <laughs> so good, yeah. And then you come to North America, and your gas stations like you know, 7-Eleven taquitos or whatever. It's not the same. Yeah. I don't know. Like she's, she's knocking 7-Eleven taquitos. That's like, that's not, that's not, that's not fair. Maybe I'm not cultured. Nope. We, <laughs> that's great. Um, Sean, I think had one that he, that he found that he. Oh yeah. Someone was giving you, I, I can't remember who it was. I think it might've been Derek Forbort. He was, he knocked you for being a Red Lobster fan. Like that's not, that's not fair. Like, do you, do you want to defend, do you want to <laughs> defend Red Lobster here? Cause you're among, you're among friends. I'm a big, I'm a big endless shrimp guy. Yeah. I mean, like growing up in Port Huron, that like, that was that's a it. special, yeah. that's like a special treat that my grandma would treat us to, you know, but then 
when I got older, obviously catching on with the happy Gilmore stuff, like the, <laughs> the guy, you know, asking shooter. shooter, if you want shooter. Yeah. <laughs> my treat. Like, that's like, <laughs> it's like my favorite line ever. So that's really where it came from. And then I just started ordering it because it made the boys rattled. So I thought that's it was great. <laughs> I'm he he likes red lobster and he'll bring it up sometimes like you know we'll be prepping for the show or doing whatever and it's like yeah we went to red lobster yesterday and I just don't get it it's a good hang man you find I get the happy Gilmore I think it's great it's very funny I appreciate uh my treat but I I I'm not a red lobster gal you find a good (laughs) a good red lobster with a good bar and you just sit there and hammer some coconut shrimp it's it's simple Honestly, I took my folks there and we had the best time ever and it was great. It's a nice vibe. This is snob. This is snob stuff talking from whether whether it's Floorboard or Haley or whatever. They can go. Have, have a, We're fine. So you're living so you're living next to Tyson Berry? Is that right? Yeah. How's that I mean, going? <laughs> uh, he's awesome. He's so funny. Um, he brings such a fun personality to the room and uh, obviously a heck of a player. So just nice to be, be by him. And we both like to cook and he's cooked a few nice meals already. And uh, yeah, it's just a, a great guy to live by. Have you done that in the past? Like have you, have you had that experience in the past where you've like been, whatever, have you lived in the same building as, as teammates or, or been in the same neighborhood? You know, where are that close. Yeah, I mean, Toronto is pretty spread out with, you know, the city pretty well. So it's, um, you know, always a little commute, commute unless you're downtown. And I lived in Etobicoke then. So uh, not so much Toronto, but L.A., we all lived in Hermosa Beach other than maybe three guys. So, you know, kind of brings back those memories of walking over to somebody's place and they cook up dinner or vice versa. So definitely uh it's nice to have them over here and looking forward to a fun year with them. One of your teammates that I wanted to ask you about, and I'm sorry, I feel like we were, were stealing so much time from you, but um, I feel like we have so many questions from Red Lobster to the <laughs> Oilers. Um, but one player I really wanted to ask about is Zach Hyman. Um, you know, I think you guys had a bit of crossover with the Leafs um, and he's just had such a great season in Edmonton last year. He seems like a genuinely um great guy as well when we're talking about you know you getting a lot of the the stories about being so nice what's what's Zach Hyman like as, as a teammate and, and just as a person in the room yeah well first and foremost he's just genuinely like literally the nicest guy and um you know always thinking of other people as teammates you know you name it so that's number one but I mean what a leader he is you know at the rink too he works so hard and um, you know, I played with them the year I got traded from LA and then the bubble. So like that off season, we trained together. Then the next summer we trained together. Uh, then he went to Edmonton. And so I've gotten to know him really well and he really pushes the pace, um, on the ice in the weight room and just a great teammate and, um, always there for you. So can't say enough good things about him. One of the, uh, you know, we talked about this before we started recording, but this was a big summer. For you, you got engaged, so congratulations again, and got a dog. Yeah, I think we keep seeing him walk by. So, how many pets are in the the Campbell household now? Because I know you're a cat guy, because I ha- I have to know about the cat birthday party. Yeah. because I love that. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, well, Huey's my or our five month old puppy, 
He's a Bernice and Golden Retriever mix, oh, and uh, he's amazing. And then we have uh, Buds, is one of the male cats. And then we have Doris, who's a female cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Is Doris named after anybody? No, I just thought it was hilarious. I, I literally <laughs> laugh every time. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> it's the funniest thing to see animals with like old people names. Like yeah. you, get a, you get a you just get a dog named Lou or or whatever a cat a cat oh, named Doris that's the a Huey like you did it again it worked it worked oh, with the cat yeah. <laughs> what's the next one like if you get another cat or another dog like what's the what's the next name that we've got on the list here well my fiance Ashley and I are watching Friday Night Lights the TV series uh, mm-hmm. we I've seen a few seasons before but now we're rewatching it and. Uh, Tim Riggins like just adopted a dog and he named him Skeeter. Yep. I thought that was sick. <laughs> I was like Skeeter, I like that. So if you do like some kind of, you know, I don't know, some kind of weird accent with it, it just sounds great. Yeah, he has that cool Texas accent. So yeah. I don't know if I can pull it off, but that's a <laughs> great dude. That dude's from that that dude's from BC. He's faking it. You can pull it up too. You can be like ta- yeah. you can be like Taylor Kitsch and and adopt a Texas accent. Let's go, Jack. Maybe you can help me out with it. That'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I love Doris. That's great. Um, yeah, that's my favorite thing. I think that's the big takeaway <laughs> for today, <laughs> Doris. Um, I don't. I don't think we have anything else for you, Jack. I think this was great. Uh, we really appreciate all of your time and, and everything you shared about the Oilers and and the animals and i'm sure sean enjoyed the the red lobster so <laughs> thanks for having me that was <laughs> thank great. you so much our treat yeah thank you. our treat jack <laughs> we'll talk to you soon thank you, you good luck with the season and and congratulations again on on the big summer with the dog and the contract and, and getting awesome. engaged it's it's a big one so congratulations thanks so much we'll see you soon building a portfolio with fidelity basket portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. It's good stuff from Jack. I don't really... I... Couldn't care less about the Oilers at this point. The big, the big thing, the big news for Jack Campbell and me is that Endless Shrimp has returned to Red Lobsters all through this this great nation. And I would and I would imagine and I would imagine this is a hockey show. Yeah, this is uh, this is the Friday show presented to you by Red Lobster. You can't do that. You can't say that. That Mm -hmm. is a advertising faux pas. No, they sent they sent us money. This is native advertising for for Red Lobster. There are two Red Lobsters in Edmonton, Alberta. I was just about to say. Oh you, no, there's we, one. We to... There's one in. Ke- uh, wait, there's two. I'm surprised there's not more. <laughs> that seems like a Red Lobster kind of place to me. Um, this is a lot of pressure on Jack Campbell this season. Outside from, you know. Whatever, taking care of his dogs and hanging out with Tyson Berry. And, uh, mm-hmm. They signed him for a lot of money, and that is a team that has... That's number one goal. That's that's without a doubt number one goalie 
money. I think we we tried we tried to get at it too, because you don't want to just ask them like second half of the season. Pretty Tell rough. Us about what, pretty what rough. You there. got you got yeah. you you got hurt. What are you going to do about that? Uh, and he said he's feeling good. And yeah, he, and again, think, it's the time of year where everyone's feeling good. But and that's what again he realized what we were asking him. He absolutely. was like, yeah, you For know sure. what I mean. Like I, so, um. I think that's one of those things where when you're prepping for interviews, you know, like, mm-hmm. kind of should ask about this. However, like, what's he really going to say? Uh, that's it, Yeah, uh, I wasn't good last year in the second half. What he was Won't like, happen again. And we've got there. <laughs> yeah, he was like, what he was like, I know, man, I haven't played that many games in a while. I really ran out of gas. Hopefully it doesn't uh-huh. happen. He's not going to say that. No. Uh, so I thought that was great. It was good to have Jack on, I think. You know, we hear so much about him being really nice. I thought he was fun. I, again, the, my treat it's was it, amazing as Shoot, I sit here. Shooter. And this was <laughs> my treat. This is another look at our process <clears throat> into the show as we talk about treats. Yeah, I, you're on, you're on we mint, had a delay. Mint number we three. We had a recording delay because I just needed to have one of my winto green mints. <laughs> disgusting. That's like they're they not disgusting. Like, they're good. No, those are those are those are those are D tier D tier. I have they, some winto green mints beside me and some hubba bubba bubble gum. So I love old lady and children's candies. Those are bank. Those are bank candies. That's like when you <laughs> no. go. Uh huh. No. No. Hubba Bubba. I'm not talking about Hubba. I'm talking about the other ones. Oh. This is the North America. The what is it? Team North America Thread Show presented to you by Red Lobster. <laughs> Winto Green. Winto Green. <laughs> Hubba, Hubba Bubba. Bubba Bubblegum. And Jack Campbell's Cats. They are sponsoring. They, Doris. Thank you. Thank you for our sponsor from for, from this episode. Thank you, Doris. We couldn't do this without you. We appreciate your support. Are we I gonna, can't wait. <laughs> the fun, the smartest, the smartest thing that Craig and I have, have have done on on the Tuesday show is just outsource the third segment to everybody else. Absolutely. This right now is where we say, if you made it through our first, <laughs> our absurd first segment rambling. <laughs> oh, which, which I don't about, even know what happened. Okay, I blacked out. <laughs> I don't know. Where we started whatever, and how we ended. Whatever you, you whatever you here, folks, hold on, whatever you folks hear, <laughs> it's going to be significantly less than the amount of time we spent <laughs> talking. Because Danielle, uh, Danielle is going to make us sound like say, we have good pacing and we're good I'm podcasters, say, I'm say and say we that, should continue to have our own show. <laughs> I'm going to guess that Danielle ensures that uh, she, the people get a little bit less. Uh, 2016 World Cup content. Sean went and- off the rails. I was literally just saying we are the North American podcast team. Hey, remember Team North America? And then we talked about it. Yeah, like, I have a cluttered. I don't know what happened. I have a cluttered brain. What do you need? It's do? fine. Things are going great. So again, if you've made it this far, and we appreciate you all so much, this is the point of the show where I take a page from Craig's book, and this is where. I steal from the Tuesday show. Send us your comments and questions in the app. It's really not that hard to get there. Just go to listen, go to the athletic hockey show, click on the Friday morning show, leave us a comment. 
Mm-hmm. Tell us fun things about yourself. If you also like wintergreen mints, I will gladly talk about them next week. <laughs> and send us questions. Like, let us know what you guys want to hear about because that's the point of this, right? Like, we sometimes what we find interesting doesn't always intersect with what listeners find interesting. Oh, I, I have a, I just, I, I have and a this great is idea. for you guys. So let us know. I have a what great you idea. You want to talk about? Give us what? I have a great idea. Okay. Third segment, every show, we tell everybody who's stuck with us some kind of secret. <laughs> Why <laughs> it'll did be you their, say it like it, that? <laughs> a secret. It'll be their reward. Your reward for sticking us for this long is the, the you order. You get a little secret. The order The order of the season preview uh, stuff is is uh, kept, under, kept under lock and key. The Red Wings and Kraken are running on are, are running Friday morning. So you, you've seen those already. Over the weekend, the next four. Sean, are you? Is this going to get up. you in trouble? <laughs> and my secret was that I really like Winto Green Mints. Yeah, because you're you're <laughs> secretly <laughs> secretly born in 1941. <laughs> I'm an old soul. I might be young, but. You're not that young. This I has am. been. This has I'm been. I'm still the in my twenties, and this is my show. You can't say that. <laughs> that's fine. I know my. I know my place. Yeah. T- that's take right. us. Take us out of this, please, boss. Sit back in your second seat. Okay. While I do the outro. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Anyways, thank you really for everyone. What? <laughs> thank you really for everyone. <laughs> That's a prayer. You're saying that to God. <laughs> thank you really for everyone and thank you for my friends at school and thank you for thank you for my dog Bono. Amen. Good night. Please send them good health. Um I'm going to try that again. Thank you everyone for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> you made me laugh. We're never going to do this again. <laughs> Anyways, thanks everyone for listening to this new episode that we've launched. Hopefully you enjoyed the first show. We'll be doing this again every Friday. And if you are not an athletic subscriber, join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show to get an annual subscription for $1 a month for the first six months. Good. Third time's a charm. 